This is the Sea to Sky podcast with Alan, weaving through the issues in Sea to Sky country. Hello and welcome to the Sea to Sky podcast where today we're sitting down with Tova Yamernik. I hope I said that right, Tova. Yes, you got it right. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. Now, just to remind people, you were running for Whistler Council, and you, we didn't get to you before the election, but still you want to talk to us, because I guess there's still concerns that you have that you brought up during the election that you're not, even though you weren't elected, you're still not going to stop advocating for. That is very, very true. I'm extremely passionate about what goes on in this town, extremely passionate, especially about my generation and the circumstances people are in. And I'm going to make sure council knows that. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, thank you for that. Uh, you know, some people in this day and age, a lot of a lot of people, a lot of millennials are, are accused of being apathetic, but you're definitely not one of them. Um, I know that first yeah. and foremost, one of your major uh, election planks was childcare. Yes. Um, and it's funny because as we're sitting here, <laughs> there's a lot of kids, there's running, kids around. running around. We're in the village. And we're, yeah, you are yeah. sitting outside Blends, if that's okay to say. We are. I always say it, that. Thanks, <laughs> thanks again to Blends for letting us record outside. I don't think they good. mind. Uh, and you're right. There's lots of kids it's running it. around the village. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, I have a lot of friends with kids. And when I moved back up to Whistler a few years ago and both housing and childcare were important. Housing was definitely the first thing that hit me was just the insanity of looking for housing and that was in March or April. Um, the, the condition of housing, the availability period of housing, but then I also had some really great friends I uh, up here and a sister as well who lives in Squamish uh, who told me the situation on childcare and that there was a two to three year wait list uh, and at w- and now at the main childcare, you actually have to show a birth certificate because people were signing up when they were pregnant to try and get onto it. And the cost was on average from fifty to seventy-five dollars a day, and that to me was was insane. I had a friend who paid twenty-five thousand dollars last year for her child to be in childcare, and um, but a lot of people. I ran into a woman during the election who's a doctor in this town and had twins. And because of the three-year wait list, couldn't practice as a doctor. So. Oh wow. Yeah. So I really, what I really wanted. People and it's not to like we don't need medical professionals either. Exactly. So. And that's what I really want people to get from this election is that everything is tied together, right? Like, like we see them as separate issues, but lack of childcare means lack of employees. There's an employee shortage yeah. right now, yeah. right? Shortage of doctors, actually, in that case. So yeah, it's a big issue. Okay, but but how do we get affordable childcare? Oh, well, I'm so glad you asked that question. So. Um, there are there's a certain member or members on council who are very concerned about childcare, and to be honest, I haven't followed all of their initiatives. Uh, but from what I've seen, we just need spaces. And so during the election, in particular, I started researching uh, and found out that well, currently in town there's two private daycares, one which might actually close its doors. Um, we can talk about that in a bit. But uh, and then there's the Whistler Children's Society. And in 2009, there was a Whistler Children's Society building in Spring Creek, which shut down. And when I started digging and tried to look at the reasons, there was a multitude of them. One, the design of the building wasn't done properly, which I'll get to. Two, at that time, there was uh, very affordable childcare with the mountain, which is no longer there, full-time at least. Uh, So there was very specific issues, and I believe one of them may, and I don't want to put anyone on the spot here, may have have been financial mismanagement, uh, only in the sense of the term that (laughs) 
I tried for about uh, three weeks start before the election to get the financial statements for the Whistler Children's Care Society and was unable to do so. So they're a not-for-profit organization. They run our largest daycare center here. They did run the other one. It got shut down. And one of the other reasons for that was um, that management couldn't, I believe, handle the two at once. So um, the interesting part about both those centers is that the land was provided for free. The, uh, they are tax exempt. Both centers were actually built with contributions from the community, so there was no cost to build them, which is great. It's a not-for-profit. Uh, my main concern, though, was that the woman who owns a private center in, um, sorry, Chequemus, she's paying rent, and so she can't afford to pay her childhood educators anything more than approximately $20 an hour, and I'm just wondering how an organization um, that's not paying rent, does not pay taxes on the land, and not even have to pay for the land or the building, um, can't do slightly higher wages to attract more more childhood educators. Because every time childcare was brought up with the current council, the past council, oh, we can't get childhood educators to come here for those rates. Understood. But given that, again, there's a building that's not paying, there's no rent, was built for free, um, how is that for me? And again, I'd have to look at this. Yeah, are you sure that there's no rent on that? Yeah, I confirm that. Okay. Both the, yeah. So there's, yeah, they own the land and they're exempt from taxes as with uh, church organizations up here as well. So, I mean, I don't have the documents. So I don't, and I, like I said, I don't want, to, I only bring these issues up because I. But still, even, even with that, they can only, they can only outlay as much money as they're, as they're bringing in. Right. Uh, so if they're not bringing in the, even, even with all those freebies, if they're still not bringing in enough cash to pay employees more than $20 an hour, mm-hmm. I mean, they can't operate at a loss. They're not going to last long doing that. Right. So I'm glad you brought that. The difference between the private ones, the private center, the um, people pay $75 a day. The, the Whistler Children's Society, they pay 50 So my proposition or idea was to find a uh, segue between the two, which would, again, if they raise the rates a little bit, um, they could open up an entire new center. So the center that I talked about was eventually tenanted out two years later. This is the Spring Creek Center to other nonprofits, which is wonderful, but it sat empty for two years. Uh, and then it was tenanted out. One of them was to the WCSS, which is now moved. Um, when I brought up bringing the, the possibility of using the building again for childcare, they brought it up that the design wasn't great. So in my eyes, it's a very simple solution. Build another childcare center, and given, like I said, all the facts that we have today, a two- to three-year wait list, I'm pretty yeah. sure it's not a problem filling spaces. Okay. And what my understanding is, and this is what shocks me, is you look at the city. I'm from Vancouver originally. They pay rent. They pay, um, they charge the same rates, right? And so when one factor is missing there, to me, we should be able to pay our childhood educators more. And we should technically be able to open up a whole other center, design it properly, and take a huge, and that's like a relatively small amount of money when you look at how much money the municipality brings in, and not only that, the fact that a doctor, so this this is this is worth more than, than money, is that a doctor could not do her job for three years because she could not get into childcare. Okay. One of the problems I, I imagine that you would run into in trying to open another childcare center is that even if you had the money to do so, where are you going to put it? Because as you know, space is at a premium here in Whistler. Right. Well, in that case, I would have to look at how they found the space for the current one. And I mean, I don't know the logistics. I know the municipality does own space, like owns land. Um, The ideal situation, if I were to uh, 
look at it long term, we're working with the NDP government, would be to put a, a child care centre on the Myrtle Phillips land, current land, the fields. And it was really great because I brought this up with the family and, and, ble and like, bless the citizens of Whistler. It's so wonderful up here. And I came up here for the space, um, but they mentioned, you know, that that they use the fields, and, and I'm sure they do. They're massive fields, and I grew up in Kitsilano. Yeah, I mean, those fields are there for playing sports. <laughs> totally. And I grew up in Kitsilano, and I'll be honest, it's just a different lifestyle, but we had about a small gravel field, and we had a preschool center on there as well. So it's not about taking them all up, but it's, it's really lo about looking at priorities. And it's interesting the way you're, you're sort of countering me. What, one feedback from this election that I got was that people have become so resigned and cynical <laughs> that any solution you bring up, and it's good to look with, at problems of solutions, but any solution you bring up, you know, it's it's like people come at you like, oh, well, we need all that field space. If you look at that field space, and I'm not saying, you know, that I would, it's putting one building on there would be a very relatively small thing given the benefit to society. Okay. So I think these are things people need to think about before reacting sometimes to those. Sure, granted, but what would that building look like? Would it be, do you think it would be like a temporary mobile or do you want to see a permanent structure? How do you envision that, that, uh, how do you envision that building? Well, it's not up to me to decide. That's up to the community to decide, obviously. So I'm not going to say that I'm going to single-handedly do this. I'd hope it would be a community project that decided. Uh, like I said, though, given that there is a two to three year wait list in terms of, of, of us needing another center here, a big center like the one they had at Spring Creek at this point of time it's absolutely necessary so however that gets done like I said according to the community I'd love to see a, a beautiful space maybe similar to the one in Spring Creek but again according to ratios for class sizes and things like that they need to have designed it better so let's get a good designer in there this time to actually do it other than that like I said it really be up to the community what that looks like but I do think the mean the current council should place a priority on finding land for a community center and building another one and make sure making sure that um well, Jen, Jen Ford, who, as you know, of course, is on council, she has echoed your concerns, and I think she, I'm not sure what her her concrete solution is to it, but she definitely is right. something that's advocating for, for right. child care. Yeah. yeah, and I would love, that's the thing, I did look for concrete, I would love to hear her concrete solutions, and I hope to hear them. Um, do you remember what they were when you were talking to her about it? Well, not, is, again, nothing concrete. Yeah, yeah. The, we need it, we need to find a way to make it happen, mm -hmm. but... Exactly that. How are we going to pay for it and where yeah. are we going to put it? Yeah, so that's exactly why I actually got concrete figures in that during the election. Like I said, one thing I found in the election, this is maybe something for constituents to think about, is that people wanted specific solutions, and yet almost none of the candidates, even the ones that have been in office, and I'm not picking on anyone in particular, gave any. Now, you mentioned the NDP, so do you foresee the, prov the province stepping in and being... Uh, either a, 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 an equal partner or a majority partner. Anyway, some sort of funding model with the province. I think it would be amazing if childcare was actually done by the province all the way down to a younger level. So women are given, and men generally, sorry, I should say, um, one year off. So after one year, if you don't have coverage, right, in some type of way for your child, it's not like single, um, sorry. Well, you get, you get a year maternity leave. Right. So you're saying on top of that? I'm saying once you, no, I'm saying if, if people want to go back to, after a year, their, their child should have a space for childcare. Otherwise, they can't go back to work. 
Well, they they can. How? People do. Yeah, they do, but what do they do with their kids? They find a way, or they don't go back to work. They don't, and and that's right it, is that I don't think, like, people have not quite wrapped their head around the concept that when a mother has a, I worked in employment services for seven years, so I saw this a lot down there. When a mother or father has a one-year leave, let's say they both, they split even, right? They have a leave. If they don't have grandparents there, one of them can't go back to work. Yeah. Period. Right? So um, what I foresee, or would love to see, is that people have the option. Um, it, first of all, early childhood educators should not be getting paid, on average in the province, $17 an hour. And I often say to people, if you want to know why, if people want to know why, why these people should be paid a lot, go try and do their job for one day. And you'll, you'll be thinking they should be paid $30 an hour. So I actually think that er, since um, those early years of education are actually the most formidable parts of education in a, ch- a child's life, who then becomes an adult in society, that every child should have access to quality uh, education and childcare, daycare essentially, from the age of one and a half up. So yes, I do think it should actually be part of the curriculum and that people should get paid properly so that kids are getting educated in their most formative years, not by not necessarily by stressed out parents who are working two jobs and can't afford childcare. Um, if people want to stay home with their kids and they can do that, great. But the matter of fact is we live in a double income society now and most families need to have two incomes to compete. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, it, we all know that. We all know Whistler's an expensive place. And Not just Whistler, anywhere. Well, especially <laughs> here on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. I mean, Vancouver all the way through the quarter. Yeah. It's an expensive place to live. And yes, young families do struggle to make ends meet. No doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a great, there's a great organization. I hope people check it out if they do hear this. It's called Gen Squeeze. Uh, G-E-N-S-Q-U-U. E-E-Z-E, GenSqueeze.ca. And, um, yeah, it's just about how younger families we are facing different challenges. And so what I'd really like to see, I want to see is tangible solutions to those challenges and not ones that are five years down the road. Although there's been a baby boom in Squamish, just south of here, for the last, well, over a decade now. So there's a lot of young families having a lot of kids. And they've got the same problems trying to pay for childcare. Yet, I mean... They're still having lots of kids. A hundred percent, it doesn't. No, they are. But this is the other thing I really like. They don't have about. any more options for childcare than we have. I mean, they have a few, but it, it's yeah. still expensive and it's still difficult to find. And I think that if you want to know what one of the biggest decline in our birth rates is about, and and not us not being able to fill our labor force to the future, it's the cost of raising kids. I have so many friends that would love to have kids, but one, they don't have the money to. Or a girlfriend of mine that's in real estate can't has her kid all is too stressed. She's like, it's it, working like this and having a child that there's no childcare for for she can't so it's it's one of those things where I really think we have to look at the health of society as a whole and if we want to and just to say this like reproduce you know that's the way the easiest way to make it happen is to take the stress off parents with young children get them yeah, but, into quality but in Squamish they are having kids despite all of the problems with making ends meet with having to work two jobs with uh, not having access to a lot of daycare spaces my understanding is that the accommodation in, in Squamish is significantly cheaper and more reasonable than Whistler no it's definitely not take it from me it is not significantly more cheaper it's it's there's more 
but it's yeah, it's not Whistler rates, but it's it's pretty steep. Can I challenge you a little bit on that? Yeah, one? go ahead. Okay. Please do. Yeah. Okay. So my sister lives in Squamish, and I, I've looked in depth, like as part of my research for my uh, for running for council. Like I said, housing is really important for me. So the difference between Squamish and, and Whistler when it comes to families in Whistler, it's near next to impossible for one to get your own place unless it's WH housing. So that's the thing is that in Whistler, you're renting really essentially unless you have WHA housing or enough money to buy your own place. You're renting a bed. You're renting bedrooms in a share house right usually a shared house of four to five bedrooms sure right uh, yeah. and that's a situ- sometimes those bedrooms are doubled up so you could be with 10 oh you're people. a 10 and that is literally what it is yeah there's no whereas in squamish it's and i and it's definitely cheap but for that reason you can rent like a main floor of a house that's private right like the floors are divided i looked into lots of different options brackendale has amazing deals for whole houses right so that's it's very different like the, the people having kids up here like my friends are a perfect example uh there are a couple. There's, I think, there's three bedrooms upstairs, two bedrooms downstairs. Um, they have one bedroom, and they uh, share it with their three-year-old daughter. And then downstairs is a couple planning on having a baby, and they can't afford to move out and get their own place, so they're going to be living in the same room. Okay. Is that, that, that's the situation in Whistler. All right. Yeah. Okay. You, you, you've done your re, you've done your research. You've done your homework. I'll give you kudos for that. Now, it's important. I really want people to get the specifics, like I said, because there's otherwise there's too many generalities about it. Now, you obviously have a passion for this. Since you were an elected council, mm-hmm. what is the route that you're going to take to, to continue advocating for this? Are you just going to keep pressuring council? Are you going to do workshops to raise awareness about how we could create daycare spaces? What's going to be the path for you? Well, I'm going to be completely honest. I'm not going to say they're going to wish they had me on council. They'll probably be happy they didn't. But uh, in all honesty, my path is going to be to take these questions to council. I'll probably be there most council meetings asking from some very direct questions that I hope to bring this more to light. And I, I want to say I love that you're doing this C2Side podcast yeah, thing. Yeah, thank you. Because I think this is a great avenue to bring these things to light because we live in a a culture up here which is in some ways divided so there's the general whistler feed which i find has a lot of great entertainment amazing way to find your cell phone and things like that and then there's the whistler political feed on facebook which is very political and i'm gonna say not very positive they might want to work on that a little bit but my friend dave buzzard thought you're talking about whistler political oh yeah oh that page is like a jet like i Again, I laugh because you put out specific solutions, and and all these. And this is this is politics, right? A lot of people that are sitting on the sidelines just like jump in, baring their teeth at you and going at it. And and are you really? I mean, I just have to laugh after a while, but it's it's just it's unfortunate, right? So. Well, I think I think what he wanted to. Well, I know what he wanted to do is he wanted to create a forum where people could talk about local politics. The problem is, as you as you point out, is that when people talk about lo- local politics, too often it devolves into just criticism. Totally people, good, there's yeah. always, people always love to jump in and criticize. Oh, yeah. Very few people actually have solutions. Well, and when you, the thing is, I put po- the, the, the solutions, that's the exact thing. The solutions I posted, which are actually viable um, in, in different ways, obviously might be challenging. Just that's all it was, was criticism, like a huge feed. And I stopped following it after a while because I've got better things to do with my time. Um, some people don't, obviously. But <laughs> but it's, uh, it's it, what, I, what I guess what I was saying with the media is that we need to find more something in between where people can get engaged but, but get yeah like I just like a podcast for like a, exactly that's what I'm talking about something that's entertaining um, but yeah but but still please I re, and I really not to say I challenge you but to dig deep as a reporter and get the specific, spe, 
specifics of things because it's and, and also just as a town like I really want to be more positive so when someone comes up with something instead of saying well that's not going to work or this is why it's not going to work and chat you know maybe if someone comes up with something say hey that's awesome do you want to go grab a coffee and let's talk about it and hopefully council what I would love to see council do is get more youth groups doing that like having coffee shop, shop chats and then bringing solutions to council from people actually our age because if people our age won't vote and people unfortunately didn't vote in people our age you know I think most of the council members are all over 40 at least five of the six of them you know um, it's, a, it's an older group uh, there, there have been some comments that I guess from a few people that they wish that you know you or one of the younger candidates did make it on mm-hmm. well I mean I, I'm a believer in I think things happen for a reason and in all honesty given the the negativity and I, I that's one thing I give those counselors credit for like and I want to work with people as I'm a very collaborative person is that um, be nice to them you know like in terms of like come up with constructive ideas but it's it to being in that I've studied politics and business and being in that field can be just filled with a lot of negativity. So I think we, we can really turn this town around by looking at specific solutions, but coming at them from a very positive, constructive angle. Would you like to see a town hall on, on childcare? Uh, do I want... Yeah, I guess, I guess I'd like to see a town hall. I just honestly... Or just more town halls in general. Um, sure, town... Yeah, I think town halls might be a good idea. Honestly, with childcare just do something about it like I just gave some very specific like yeah. solutions right right there and if they want to come talk to me about it they can come talk to me about or it it sounds like you're it, it sounds like you're gonna go talk to them well I will I, I will but I also have my life to live you know I also have like my like my things to do so they've been elected they are getting paid for this now right and I will continue to be very involved as much as I can but I, I would love to see someone in there who's really tenacious and wants to get stuff done now you know, not five years from now, because we need to see stuff happen. Like, town hall debates are wonderful, but if we can get Muniland and do what we did at Spring Creek and do it better, let's just do it. Right. Okay. Now, to switch gears a bit, it's it's a little, perhaps more than a little strange to go from childcare to cannabis, but something else that you talked about <laughs> that you were very specific about in your campaign for council was what to do or where to put cannabis retail in Whistler and your proposal was <laughs> this is also something we weren't going to talk about I will just share a challenging question and I think I mentioned to you that I and mean, this is what I like to see more of right is digging down to specifics but during the election uh, a lot of the candidates were asked uh, what what is your specific take on uh, retail marijuana and and I maybe look back when not a single one took a position because it could be slightly controversial and um, and my answer was with community uh, support of course was it seems like a good idea to me to start with one or two retail shops in the function, right? And so um, that's just an idea. But again, I, I just found it very, I don't say appalling, but it just was very, it was just so general. And I, that's what I'm just learning is that it, it's, it can be easy to be general and apathetic, but um, I think this town is definitely looking for a po- like positive changes. And, uh, and I hope people have that positive energy to keep it going. So it, you did have a you did have a proposal for it, uh, and by the way, just to, just so we're clear, your your position on cannabis and childcare are not at all related. There's no there's no over, oh, no. no overlap. Uh, no, 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 no. I mean, I'm I mean, I, I think people probably need to smoke more cannabis because they're so stressed out with their children. But no, yeah. <laughs> completely. But, I, I'm not proposing they do that. That's about the only way they could be related here. Yeah, but that is a, it, but. 
the two issues, just looking at because you did have concrete proposals for them. Are you surprised that the people who were elected to council, were you surprised that there wasn't more talk around these subjects? And and let's and we can talk about childcare because that that is definitely your passion is is mm-hmm. childcare spaces. As you say, were you surprised that there wasn't more specific uh, ideas brought up? And do you feel that it's a little bit of politics that maybe? People just don't want to, you know. People don't want to talk about. It. They say, "Well, they're more worried about, you know, will this raise taxes? Will this cost money? Is that?" I, to be honest, I was shocked that people weren't bringing up more. I, I don't know if that's different, really, from running in any other municipal election. I think part of that is that um, there tends to be less of a turnout, so people pay less attention. So general general words sound great, like listing off, "I want to help with this, 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 and this." Um, but for example, I'll just bring it up, like housing proposals. That was a huge. Everyone everyone's talking about the housing uh, crisis. I actually wrote to all the candidates and looked up to see if anyone had any specific proposals besides the ones that are already in place or on their way with council, which is the proposed Checkman's Crossing. Checkman's Crossing and proposed private developments, all which would be happening within a minimum, basically, of two to five years. So my concern is we have a housing crisis shortage right now. And I know this because a good friend of mine runs the Locals uh, Facebook housing page. So she's regularly tracking. She's an amazing woman. Um, she's definitely getting an amazing job. Uh, and she was tracking. There's about 300 people right now that are in need of housing. Um, that's not even counting more that are coming. Uh, Whistler's unique in that she's actually able to track that most places don't have like a local's Facebook housing page. Um, so just a heads up to council, one of my questions or challenges to council coming up at the next meeting, in case other people don't listen, is that they go out this week and try and look for a place to stay as a 30-year-old something seasonal worker, ideally their own room, because they probably don't want a shared bedroom, um, and see if that they can find something suitable in Whistler. Because right now the problem is Whistler is our only solution because there's no transit coming from Squamish, right? It'd be a different story if people had that flexibility um, or even from Pemberton. So my proposal, my proposal for housing, this would be a longer, longer project but would potentially solve all our housing issues totally, would be to do a big staff housing development over the day lots. Yeah, and I have seen other proposals for that. And the, the criticism that you're going to run into is that it's on floodplain. And I know what you're going to say. It's we could build, you could keep parking it mm-hmm. at grade where yep. it is. You don't have to go down, yep. and then you still build up yep. over it. And that has been done before. It's been done on Granville Island, for for example. And the Odane. Well, yes. So right, it's right, right here. Yeah. It's possible. That's probably the best example. Yeah, the exactly. One that's right the there. one that's right there. Like, they, everyone's like, you can't build there. I'm like, well... See, someone did, and and it, yes, it cost a lot of money, but that's not the only reason it cost money. They wanted, they made that into a beautiful, world-class facility. But one of the jokes someone made, and I'm going to share this when I talked about the parking lot thing, is, is why don't they just let people like camp out in the Yodane Museum, like at night, put up tents because there's so much space in there, and art is wonderful, but people need a place to sleep here, right? Um, I mean, I even talked about getting Odane involved. He actually, I believe, he owns Polygon Developments, which is ironically a, a building development company, uh, Bosa did some amazing work up here, and um, basically my understanding is it's zoned, it's owned by the municipality, and it's zoned to be put to the best use, uh, managed by the mountain and the munis, and I'm guessing Vail, given what they're doing at staff housing and the fact that this could be rental income coming in for a long time. If you did this right, relative to the cost... Well, we're talking about, we're talking about building 
we're, we're not talking about the Odane anymore. We're talking about building units over the parking lot. Now. Right, staff housing units. So if Vale wanted to partner in on that, the the rent and have it for strictly strictly for staff housing, um, the rental income coming in continuously from that, given that the land is not free but basically being used for free, um, would be would be great. And uh, it would be close to town. You don't need cars, like per, but one of the best solutions. And and what I often say, people like. In, in terms of timelines, and I know that it takes longer with government, but you could partner with private, like I said, with Vail on this. It, the problem is, is that it, like if, if you were given that space as a hotel, say the Four Seasons, I remember when all those hotels went up, by the way, and wondering how they were going to. Well, they raised them. the bed the bed cap for the Four Seasons. Yeah, that was that was controversial. Yeah, but any any hotel, based not all I'm saying is, if you gave a hotel that land, there would be a hotel up within a year. Boom. So what we need to do is we need to have that same type of urgency for staff because it is affecting business and it's affecting the well-being of the whole town. So that's basically what I'm saying is that the people could drag that along. The, the Chequemans Crossing Phase 2, they've had that land for nine years. It's a wonderful thing, but it is funny it came out right before the election and they've had it there for nine years. So I think it's great. They're doing but good It's not market housing. You're right. Things don't move fast. Rainbow took a long time as well. Yeah, So, but I think if, 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 we, if we really start viewing things as having that, um, and this is my, because I have a, a business and a political background, I like seeing efficiency, but I also like long-term solutions. Um, what about on the bench lines? What about building on the bench lines? Uh, sorry, where, which area of the bench lands? Well, I mean, up on, you know... Above black on Yeah, exactly, yeah. You could do that. In all honesty, I, I, I think transportation, like, that, that that's not to say too high to walk down. You could walk down, but during the winter season, it's not an ideal location. Neither is gla Glacier's okay because they have the gondola going up that can take you back up. Yeah. But why why on earth would we not use this central location and oh yeah never mind never never mind that not in my backyard right they're going on everywhere else yeah so this is one location that literally is not touching any other residents except maybe the gables which again I'm not sure how they can build in a floodplain but I won't I won't go too deeply into that but yeah there's literally no residences anywhere around they're right central they can get home safe that's a big thing um, when I talked to Jack about staff housing and the housing urgency and he kept bringing up Chequemus. I think is wonderful, but honestly, you do not want a bunch of 21-year-olds, and I don't think they move there anyway, but 21-year-olds moving out to Chequemus and coming into town to party every night and going back to a residential neighborhood. You know, that's why people are saying, not in my backyard. Why don't yeah. we pick something that's right in the middle yeah. and make it happen, or at least look at making it happen? That was the thing, is how quickly, like I said, I posted that on the on the political feed, and it was just a, a rush of comments. And I'd really like people to say, like, pause and say, you know what? Let's look into that. Let's actually write out. Let's get the facts straight, for sure. Well, you you will find, as I'm sure you know, that when you propose something, you, you usually get 10 people that tell you what, how you can't do it to everyone that will tell you, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Let's look at it. And that's why, um, I, yeah, I want to change that. And hopefully this podcast will help us to do that. Well, we're, we're happy to help in any way we can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm all about, like you said, positive energy. Like, as my, and, like politics is hard. It is, it is but, like, slightly confrontational, but I think, I think really we just need to get logical and use best practices here. And I love Whistler, and, and we, but we need to have people, like I said, digging deeper, doing the research. This is a great playground. It's a fun place. 
but it is a business town now. We need to really, we need to get structured and we need to get help for our local employees. All right. And with those positive words, I think we'll end today's podcast. So Tova, again, thanks for joining us. I hope we can have you back and maybe have you back when you've uh, maybe uh, gotten something accomplished or you've brought a council to accomplish something. We can talk about your successes. Sounds great. And get some other council members on here and feel free to ask them these questions yourself. All right. And thanks, thanks again. This Thank has you. been Sea to Sky Podcast. This is the Sea to Sky Podcast. If you have a comment or story ideas, please check out our website at seataskypodcast.com or on Facebook and Twitter at Sea to Sky Podcast. Thank you for clicking us on. 